Good morning, Westlight. My name is Jordan. Morning. Oh, that's so nice. Um, so yeah, we're in our Unsure series, and we've been in this series for about four weeks now, and so don't you feel like there's just been so many nuggets of wisdom in this series so far? So today, um, sometimes at the end of the series, we like to kind of revisit what we've learned, give us some space to reflect a bit on what's stirring for us, and hopefully, you know, let some of this goodness sink in and think about how it applies to our life. So um, I thought we would do that today. And I just want to apologize in advance if I sound out of breath. Whenever I speak when I'm pregnant, I sound like I just ran a marathon or something. So that's what's going on. But um, yeah, so throughout this series, like we've been saying, there's no formula for decision making. But I do feel like we've received a lot of like tips um, to help us choose our own adventure kind of deal. So Um, You know, we've heard it's not really about the destination or the final decision, but more about the process. So today we're going to really lean into that and um, kind of think of this as like, okay, how are we preparing for a trip? How are we preparing for our decision-making journey? So first thing when you start planning a trip, right, you want to know yourself, right? This is kind of like what Tim talked about last week, talking about awareness and understanding Um, So if you think about traveling, we all travel a little differently, right? Like maybe some of us like to really pack our schedule and see all the sites and make sure we hit all the uh, landmarks and everything. Or maybe some of us just want to get away and have a relaxing trip and have nothing planned at all. And nothing is wrong with either one of these methods. Um, Both can be really, really good, especially like if that's what you need at that time. But we all usually kind of tend to be on one end of the spectrum or the other. So It's the same with decision making. Um, We don't all make decisions the same way and there is no one inherently right or wrong way to make decision, Um, but it is helpful to know our own tendencies and kind of where we land on the spectrum, right? So maybe some of us are very logical, maybe we care about like we have to do what's ethically and morally right or wrong at all times, or maybe we wanna make a most efficient decision. Um, Or maybe some of us are more feelings based so we care more about like values or Um, How are we going to feel when we make this decision? Um, But getting more awareness and understanding of how you tend to make decisions is immensely helpful in identifying our patterns and our growth areas, which is going to help us as we go on this journey. Um, And along with that, we need to, to embrace reality, which my mom talked about a few weeks ago. And so going back to our trip analogy, you know, maybe we love to just like have nothing planned, be spur of the moment, be impulsive uh, when we travel, but maybe now you have kids, right? And we need to embrace that reality a bit and recognize like, okay, our kids like to know what's going to happen this week, or they have nap schedules, or they need a little bit more structure. So even if we don't really want to, we have to be a bit more planful than we would normally be. Um, Or maybe you are the type that really likes to pack the schedule full, but we're not as young as we used to be or something and we get tired more easily so we have to embrace reality and give ourselves some off days or time to rest Um, so in the same way when we're making decisions we can't make decisions based on what we wish to be true or what used to be true right there's like if we think about relationships like there's only so long we can be in a relationship with someone whether it's dating or friendship um, hoping that they'll change before we have to accept that's that's just who they are. Or if you've been at a job and you've hated it for years, um, chances are you're not going to start loving it tomorrow. So we have to 
make decisions and acknowledge where we are rather than where we wish things would be or wish how we were feeling about it. And that could be really difficult or disappointing sometimes, right? Maybe we aren't as far along in our journey as we hope we would be, or maybe we used to be able to do things that we can't do anymore. And Daniel always talks about like, we love Elena, but oh, remember before we had a baby, we could just go and watch a movie anytime. <laughs> like, we can't do that anymore, and it is really disappointing. Um, but, <laughs> but it's part of our reality. We have That's our decision. We, we just can't watch movies anymore. But um, with that, I wanted to quickly add, like, and part of embracing reality is, like, okay, um, uh, the reality is I have three hours per day while Elena's napping, and... The, how can I just pack those three hours, right? Like, that, that's not what the goal is of embracing reality. It's not like, how do we constantly try to do what we can do when we're operating at our best or at our max level, right? Because we, we can't operate like that all the time. Life happens, life is messy, so we also need to embrace that reality and recognize, okay, I think I need to build in some more cushion time or time to rest and let ourselves breathe. So maybe that's part of your growth area, too, is learning how to embrace that reality as well. Um, and the last part of embracing reality is embracing that we can't do this journey alone. So we need to invite others into this process, which is number three. Um, so this is something we've been talking about throughout the whole series is how we need other people involved in this. Um, so sometimes, you know, going back to the traveling, sometimes we literally do travel with other people. So like our small group, we tend to, we try to travel together once a year. And we all, I think, individually travel a little differently, but we make it work and it's lots of fun. Um, and lately we've had to embrace the reality. We all have kids now and we used to like try to hit like three different things per day. And now we have to like be like, okay, we could do one thing per day and then we have to take a day off. And then we could do one thing the next day and then we have to take a day off. But it's still lots of fun, even though it looks really different. Um, but even if you're not traveling with someone, it's still nice to have people with you as you're preparing, right? So like before we go on a trip, maybe you want to ask someone who's been there before, like, what did you like? What did you do? Can you give us some tips? Um, and it doesn't mean like we have to follow their itinerary or decision exactly, but it's still helpful because when we don't ask, sometimes we miss out on something that would be a really great experience. And so when I think about this, like, especially in terms of traveling, you know, this could, I think it's really helpful to have people who know you and who know what you enjoy. So if it's not always helpful if you ask someone and they like just tell you all the things that they like and has nothing to do with you and maybe you are completely different than them. But it's helpful if they like know you and they can say like, oh, I think you're really gonna like this or I know this is not really your style, but it's really worth it. You should just try it out. Um, or it could also be helpful to have like an expert, so I don't know, I never used one, but like a travel agent or something who, that's their job and they have a lot of expertise um, and knowledge about this area and that you can glean from. And so this makes me think of like what Koss talked along about a few weeks ago, like someone who is not so closely related but and doesn't have so much skin in the game but can still offer you some outside perspective. Um, so yeah, whatever it may look like, I feel, I feel like it's helpful to have multiple people in the process. Um, and so, yeah, when I think about how that applies to decision-making, like especially with the outside perspective, that could be like a therapist who's someone who's some slightly removed from the situation, who can offer you some outside perspective, who can 
um, provide different insight that maybe you didn't think about, who's not so close to the situation. Or maybe you do need someone who loves you and knows you and will affirm you and remind you that everything will be okay, right? And sometimes we just need people who will speak truth to us. Sometimes we do need people who have been there before and can give us advice. Sometimes we need all of the above. It really depends on our scenario, and I think that's where all of the steps above really help, like knowing ourselves and embracing reality. That's going to help us choose, like, okay, who do I need to bring with us on this journey right now? And of course, the last piece is we need to invite God in this process, and he is there throughout the whole, <laughs> all four of these steps. He applies when we need to know ourselves, right? So maybe there's something that we've been avoiding or that we think like, oh, I feel really worried or anxious about that. I don't really want to think about it. I think that's where we can invite God into that process of knowing ourselves. So I like how Pastor Stan put it the first week, like inviting God is adding light and love. And so inviting God into those places that feels dark and scary and learning to receive their love for all of us, especially in areas where we feel pain or shame. Um, and when we think about embracing reality, you know, God is there too. Uh, God, the great thing about God is that they meet us exactly where we're at, right? We don't have to be in a specific place for God to be there. And when I think about things that are really disappointing or um, parts of reality that I just don't want to deal with, it's comforting to know that God's light still shines there and that we're not alone in those spaces um, and that we are loved. Um, and God loves us so much, right? Like we've talked about this throughout the series too, that God doesn't want us to be alone on this journey, right? We, they don't, they're not just waiting for us at the destination or even like one specific destination. They're with us throughout the whole process and they want to take the journey with us. And so even when we think about the traveling analogy, like it doesn't really matter what the destination is. It doesn't matter if you're going somewhere tropical or somewhere urban, like it, all these things still apply, right? And no matter where we're going, it is impossible to plan a perfect trip. You know, things tend to go wrong. There's no such thing as having the idealistic, uh, perfect vacation all the time. Um, but really, that doesn't really matter to God, right? God is more interested in the experience and how they can use that experience, especially to help us know their love more. Um, so again, it's not about perfection when it comes to our decisions, right? There may not be an inherently right or wrong decision, and that's okay. And so I'm going to quote Pastor Stan from last week. I love what he said, that God's not interested in what we decide as much as what is becoming a part of our character or our heart in the way that we're deciding. So even if we make the, quote, right decision for the wrong motives, I don't think God is necessarily happy. I think he's more happy if we make the wrong decision, quote, unquote, but have the right motives because it's going to give God an opportunity to build on that. And when he said that, it reminded me of a story that Jesus talks about in Luke 15, 11 through 32, which is a story of the prodigal son. And I'm not going to read the whole story today because I think most of us know, but basically it's the story of two sons and their father, right? And the younger son basically asked for his inheritance while the father is still alive, which is like strike one. And then he goes off and squanders it all, which is also a big no-no. So he ends up broke and hungry and decides, you know what, I'm just going to, it would be better if I was just to go back and be a servant for my father. So 
I'm just going to go back and apologize and beg and grovel and hope he just takes me back as even the lowliest servant because that's got to be better than this. But when he gets back home, his, before he can even say anything, his father runs out, greets him, hugs him, kisses him, and is so filled with compassion and love that he uh, throws a big party to celebrate his son's homecoming. So that's the younger son's story. Meanwhile, the older son has been staying. He works hard for his father. He's a dutiful older, older son. Um, and then when he sees the younger brother get all this stuff, he sees the celebration and the party, he's like, he gets a little angry, right? And a little bit jealous, I think. And when that happens, like the younger son, the father goes out and reaches out to the older son, invites him to the party, tells him what's mine is yours, offers the same generosity that he gives to the younger son. And that at the end of the story, the older brother is left with a decision. Do I choose to receive the love and do I choose a relationship with the father and my brother, or do I choose to stay angry and cause a rift in those relationships? And so when we look at those two stories, when you um, look at the younger son's decision, at first it looks like he made the wrong decision, which who knows, maybe he would have made a different choice if he could do it all over again. But in the end, it brought him closer to the father. His father was able to use that to just show him how much he loves that son. Um, and I think that just made him so happy that his son returned and he can build that relationship with him. And on the other hand, the older brother, he started doing everything quote unquote right, right? He stayed and helped, he was loyal. Um, but at the end of it, he, we see like he's a little jealous and he wanted a celebration, which is completely understandable. I relate to that, I would relate to that. Um, but it does make you consider like, does that mean he kind of stayed for some self-interested motivations, or did he actually stay to like build a connection with his father and deepen that relationship? And I think that no matter what decision we make, God cares more about that part. Do we have a deeper relationship with him, a deeper connection with him? Um, because I think ultimately God desires for us to have more love and to have more connection with him and with ourselves and with other people. And so I want us to think of instead of just individual decisions, like I want us to know that we're invited to something greater than just that decision. We're invited to greater love and greater wholeness and greater relationships. So today I wanted to spend some time um, and let you have time to reflect on thinking about a current decision that you're making. And I put the four back up so you can kind of see like which of these four ways, which of these four ways, which of these four aspects do you feel like maybe is easiest or which one feels like you feel a little bit resistance um, because all four are really important but I know that when we are in the thick of making a decision it feels really hard to like see the whole picture and we kind of it's easy to get tunnel vision and caught up in one of these areas so like maybe just what's going to get me out of this stressful situation or what's going to make everyone happy um, especially when we're really feeling stressed or the weight of a really big decision. But the reality is all four work best when they're working all together. And so I wanted to give us a chance to kind of step back and think about like, okay, I feel like I know myself, I've embraced reality, but maybe I need to invite others into this process. Or maybe I've considered other people's opinions a lot, but maybe I need to think about like, what do I really need to feel loved and connected to God in this time? Um, and so, yeah, we're going to just spend the remainder of the time 
reflecting on this, um, reflect in terms of a current decision that you have. Um, and like, I just want it to feel like, you don't have to feel guilty for not considering one of these parts. It could be like, maybe you just didn't think about like, oh yeah, I should probably, you know, I didn't think about this person been there before. I should probably talk to them about it. Like maybe it is something that you just didn't think about. But if there is something too that you feel like a bit of resistance engaging with, I would encourage you to spend some time going there. And so we're going to have the worship team come up. They're going to play for a little bit. They're going to play a couple songs. So you have a lot of time. Don't feel rushed. Um, but yeah, spend some time and you could think about some, some of these questions, like what part feels easiest for you? Where do you feel some resistance? Um, and then I encourage you to spend some time, whether it's reflecting on your own, whether it's um, praying and talking to God about it, with, uh, talking to God about it, or even talking with other people about it. We have a nice, intimate church today, so you can take some time in here or going outside and sharing with someone. But yeah, especially if you feel like there's resistance in a specific area, like, oh, I really haven't talked to God about it because I'm afraid what he's going to say, like, then maybe you need to pray this morning. Or if you're like, I feel a little, a lot of like shame and I feel really alone in this, like maybe that it'd be good to talk to a safe person here today about it. And so I encourage you if it feels, if you feel ready to try one of the steps that you you have been feeling resistance Um so as they get ready, I'm just going to close um, and pray for us. And I encourage you to really take advantage of this time this morning. Um, 